You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome to the World Cup Minute. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? I'm great, Josh. We are blessed with, in my living memory, the greatest quarterfinals in World Cup. Sure. Um, recorded Brandon's memory. So let's yeah. say that. We've just come. Uh, we're hot out of the Black Horse in Park Slope, Brooklyn. And uh, we we arrived uh, an hour before kickoff, and it was already packed to the gills. And I... Wasn't sure if once the whistle uh, started that it was going to be pro England or pro France, sixty thirty, etc., sixty forty, I guess, ten percent neutral. Sure, it was wildly pro England at the Black Horse. Yeah, and I had basically had a side bet going that it was going to be two one France. So I, I sheepishly shrugged. You kept turning to me, Josh, and this is for our UK listeners out there. Yeah. To yeah. let you know that you have a friend. Josh, you kept turning to me saying, I think we can do this. And you would say, <laughs> you were continually saying we as, we. We, as yeah. if we were British That's citizens. True. There's a lot of we in that. I, I You know, we, we obviously do a weekly podcast, twice weekly, honestly, with the, with the Patreon pod, uh, about the Premier League. And uh, I, I feel pretty close to the Premier League and, yep. and the English. You know, it's uh, so close, in fact, that I have strong opinions negatively and positively about the English. <laughs> whereas I, whereas I, I once may have called, called it as an Anglophile. Now I have, you know, very deep... Uh, feelings one way or the other. But yeah, I, I was feeling pretty, um, I, I was certainly pulling for England in this match. And I think that the, um, I, yeah, we'll, we'll start with this one, then we'll, then we'll go to the Morocco match afterwards because we, we, we just yeah, got Which through. is a miracle match in and of itself. Yeah. But uh, yeah. let's, let's start with the rec- most recent game in our memory. Yeah. So I think that it was, uh, it's not a match that England should feel a great shame about, right? I mean, I think that they, it was an extremely competitive match, as we yeah. thought it would be going in. And if Harry Kane scores that pen, it's really hard to say who actually wins that match. To with you know, but but I will say, even if he scores that pen, it just it just ties things up. And honestly, it feels like maybe France just had a little more even then, right? It's sort of possible. It's a part of me that feels like even if it had gone to extra time, France might have found a way to to pull that out. You know, they had like a slightly more attacking quality. There was something in the day where it felt like France had the you know the the magic behind them. Yeah. Maybe maybe at moments the referee behind them, even though yeah, uh, I think it's overstated a little yeah. bit. I mean, you know, it's the the, the Saka foul to, to begin with. The Saka has to sell that foul. I'm sorry, like he has to go down the second there's contact. And you're talking about the foul, the possible foul before uh, the opening goal, the Chuameni yeah. goal. Yes, I agree. But going back to what you were saying about like on the day, what was the balance of play? Watching that those 90 minutes, I felt like 
six, seven times out of 10, you play that exact same match, England wins. Mm -hmm. I do think that England, <clears throat> and you, tactically maybe France wants England to have more of the ball, but I think the, the criticisms leveraged over the last four or five years against Southgate and this England team is they were a little too conservative. I thought England came out to win this match and they played really well and they played yeah. really attacking football and there were players that had incredible matches like Declan Rice played well. Jude Bellingham, we have seen greatness yeah. from him this tournament attacking. I thought Bellingham had a great defense. Almost scored. Yeah. yeah, yeah, true. So, um, and Kane... Yeah. After that uh, France goal goes in, yeah. you and I, we sort of like, we we got electrified because we could see Kane yeah. understood he had to take over the match. You we said saw something, that, yeah. what, did, what did you say about him that like, basically like he's really good when he needs to be the the man or whatever? Pretty, like, yeah, basically, yeah. 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 When, yeah. when Kane understands he has to do it, he yeah. has to, not that he has to do it all himself, but... Uh, yeah. And I, I thought you could see a real energy emanating from Kane after the Chiuameni yeah. goal went in. And I just like, what else can you ask for from an England performance? They were put in a position to win. Kane bangs in that first pen emphatically in Kane fashion. Yeah. And you ask him to score another one, it's sort of like then math and probability starts getting involved. And I don't think anyone could could blame Kane uh, on the whole. And uh, it's just, it's a bummer to go out like that. But I, but then, going back to how you had kind of initially positioned it, Josh, France played extremely well. Yep. And they, you know, they, they set up to play their own game plan. And Giroud was, in a sense, inevitable in yeah. this match. Like, yeah. it was sort of like he was weirdly quiet until <laughs> yeah. it all started going off, right? Yeah. I mean, it's just like, it's a luxury for them, right? Like, you know, in, in, in England's case, they need Harry Kane to do everything, right? Like, there was a moment where Harry Kane won a foul, like, on the far left side of the pitch, right? Like, on the defensive end of the pitch. Yeah. And it was like, Giroud never has to do that for France, right? Giroud yeah. would never have to fall that far back. And, you know, because the fullbacks, or not, not the fullbacks, but the, the wingers are so good... Um, I mean, Griezmann had a great game, uh, yeah. and Mbappe was fine. Maybe not his, you know, most dominant yeah. game, but yeah. certainly, uh, you know, as you were saying when we were watching that match, it was, you know, he, he creates space for that opening goal. Yeah, um, that that allows uh, was it too many? Is that how you say? Too many. Too many. Yeah. He, uh, and Mbappe receives the ball, holds the ball, creates the possession, yeah. and then runs into. It, it's it's interesting. It is yeah. Mbappe's goal to a degree, but I think he should get he should get that goal. Actually. It should, <laughs> it be, should be yeah, yeah. He should yeah. be on six for the for the golden <laughs> boot for sure. But no, I think Griezmann was the man of the match. I thought he was yeah incredible and yeah. such an engine yeah. for for France. It's a heartbreaker for England though, and you have to wonder if maybe I mean I, I think. I, I don't know. We talked about this a little bit yesterday with Brazil. It's like, you know, can you sometimes you just run into a team and it's just one match. You know, you're not playing 10 of them in a row. So mm -hmm. you maybe shouldn't draw super deep conclusions. But there is a feeling I felt a little bit that like, you know, Kyle Walker was keeping, Dem you know, or he was keeping um, Mbappe in check, which, mm -hmm. you know, to hit credit to him. But ultimately, that was at the sacrifice of Kieran Trippier, right, who has been absolutely terrific for for. um uh, for Newcastle United, and, and you know, you kind of wonder if 
a more open attack. And I mean, at this point, like I think it's fair to criticize, not not necessarily criticize, but just offer a different yeah. tactical vision, right? Because they did lose. And so, is there a version of that squad yeah. that starts Kieran Trippier that wins? Because they're just kind of maybe they win three one or something like that, right? They just have they they can or the three two. They concede more goals, but they also score more. And they kind of mm-hmm. I felt like they lacked at times a playmaker. They they won two pens, which is to their credit, but it wasn't like they had somebody in that kind of playmaker, like a Griezmann role, ultimately, right? Yes. Like, you know, who just kind of created chances for them. And it was, you know, King was really the one who was doing that. And I, I saw people on Twitter say that Foden was, you know, was was one of the better players. I, I, I don't know that I necessarily agree with that. I felt like he was, he was fine, but I, I don't feel like... Uh, I, I don't know. I, it feels like they needed somebody to like sit a little further deep, like and, yeah. and create some chances. For I I wouldn't focus on Kyle Walker. I thought he had a good game. He he did his job. He contained Mbappe. Yeah. He had some great talk, tackles on Mbappe and yeah. a few runs going forward. I do think Jordan Henderson is the guy I would look to right. for a different and maybe, so maybe more attacking approach. Jordan yeah. Henderson had a cliche Jordan Henderson match where right. virtually all of his passes were going sideways but more backwards and that was so maybe it's like a 3-5-2 with Kyle Walker as the left as the as, <laughs> yeah. the, as the right center back yeah. and you have Trippier uh, as the right wing back, and then it's a it's a t- kind of two man midfields right with Bellingham and Stones or uh, Bellingham and Rice, and then that allows Trippier to to, to basically I'm, I'm saying swap in Trippier for yeah. Henderson, and does that change? No, I think Mount. I think you stay four at the back, and Mason Mount comes in for Jordan Henderson, mm-hmm. and Mountain is a bit a bit more progressive. Yeah, but this is I think this is like. Armchair quarterbacking. As I said, I think England's lineup was fine. I thought England's performance yeah. was fine. It just happened that they were unlucky and didn't win. I thought they came with the right lineup and the right tactics, and kind of on the whole was this. I, I mean, there is a way to look at this match where England is the better team, and they and yeah, they, it's, and it's, they just, lose. it's just hard to say because when when France scores early. It changes their entire plan, yeah. right? So if that match is nil-nil for the first 65 minutes, we may have a different sort of sense of England or of France. Like, yes. But once they score the first goal, there's really no reason for them to expose themselves. And yeah. so, of course, England's going to look a little bit better because they're going to be on the front foot trying to get the equalizer. Yeah. You know, there, was, this, there was something yeah. interesting France was doing where, particularly late in the game, even when they had a one-goal lead at 2-1, they refused to just, like, retain the ball in the back. They like Loris chucks the ball from you know their half into uh, England's eighteen, and you could see, and I think you mentioned this yesterday, Josh, in our preview of this match, how France doesn't really have like a a classic midfield. Right. France is either defending or attacking, right. and I think that's ultimately what won France the match. Is when they were attacking, they were like full blooded attacking, and England ultimately yeah. had more of an organic composed system and they just didn't score yeah. the goals and that's kind of what, yeah. what happened and maybe balance is overrated right i mean japan mm-hmm. would japan would say as much right they had two matches that they won in the world cup where they barely had possession right mm-hmm. and, they, and they won both of them so um this is something that you see in the nfl a lot too where they're like well you know 
X team should have won, right? They had they they controlled the ball for 42 minutes of the match out of 60, and it's like, well, yeah. you know, it's like a it, it just doesn't possession doesn't necessarily equal um a, a actual dominance, right? In terms of um kind of output, sure. Um, so yeah, so I, I think I think you're I, I ultimately agree with you though. I mean, I think it's it's interesting to talk about tactics because. Uh, because they lost, and and it's it's fun to think about what, what might have yeah. gone differently. Sure, but I, I ultimately agree. Your with great you that Marvel Cinematic Universe trope of the what if. I exactly. This is a what if. You know what if. Uh, uh, I didn't even really know, but I always had a couple. It's actually they aren't bad, but it's. Uh, I loved the comics when I was a kid. It's a great mm-hmm. idea for for comics. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So, um, so yeah, Francis threw. Congrats to them. It's a fun team. I was rooting for England. I had a, I had a bet on England uh, to win the World Cup that I have I have lost. I did hedge yeah. it a little bit with a with a with a goal with a bet today that that came through. So there there was an, I, I did an emotional hedge today, uh, but it yeah. was nobody uh, had Chuamani first time goal scorer. No, no nobody had that sadly. Yeah. But I think it, this this is not a team that that I find easy to hate. I basically like this French sure. team, and I really love Giroud, and I always have. I mean, you and I both I think are, are in the Giroud fan club, and yes. um, going back to his uh, Arsenal days when he joined from Saint Etienne. I think that's who he joined from and, and no Mont- Montpellier that's who he won he won he won a league title with Montpellier before who could he could forget yeah well that was like that was like the last time that PSG didn't win you know <laughs> so um yeah for you know for a long time at least and so um yeah I we love Giroud uh, Mbappe it's easy to love uh I thought Rabio was was terrific I uh, yes. had some really great moments today you one might say he was a bit rabid he was uh, rab rabido yeah <laughs> so uh just a, you know it's, it's a fun team I'm really excited about uh, well, we get the semifinals now, which is we have uh, Fran- uh, we, we have Argentina, Croatia, and at this point, I guess like Croatia, like has to be like lightly favored. <laughs> like I don't know, like, basically who's beating gi- them. Give like, the trophy, yeah. give the trophy to Croatia. They're they're. Would you say they're too tough? I I have I will I will I've been banging on about the toughness thing, and I, I just like prove me wrong. <laughs> like wait until someone actually like proves me wrong there. So the, the, yeah. it it is like a weird. It's like a Madden curse. This World Cup, and yeah. I, uh, so it, for those who don't play Madden NFL on a video game platform uh, 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 console, 
the curse is if you're the famous player who gets on the Madden video game cover that year, you're going to have a bad season in the NFL. And that seems to be the way it's going in this World Cup. If you have an emphatic win a la Portugal, you're going to lose the next game. Yeah. So, so I guess there were no truly emphatic wins coming out of the quarterfinals. Absolutely not. So not, not, not one. That is why these quarterfinals were uh, just spectacular. Nothing. Absolutely. Nothing will beat that that Veghurst goal. That was one of the most dramatic moments yeah. that you will ever see in a World yeah. Cup. And it doesn't so, doesn't matter they didn't win. Yeah. So no extra yeah. time today, which yeah. which uh, brings us to uh, Portugal Morocco. Yeah. And what was, would you say about that game? I mean, it's beautiful. I was, it was beautiful. I, I was convinced that Portugal was going to equalize just because, you know, you know what made me feel confident was I thought that Bruno was having a really great match. And I felt like he was doing really, the thing about Bruno that I like, and this is one of the reasons I like watching him play, even though I'm not a Man United supporter, is he makes unusual choices. Like uh-huh. the, the things that he does in a match are just like, he doesn't kind of, I don't know. He just like you know he zigs when you think he's gonna zag or whatever. Like you know, he's creative. Yeah, he's creative. I guess that's what I mean. He's just creative. And so it's you know I thought that his creativity combined with and ultimately they almost got there. I mean you know Joe Felix had some moments and I, I'm starting with Portugal. I'm not really sure why here, but I guess I guess just because they didn't have that match. So had, European you know, snobbery. That's what's yeah, going we, on here. We had a tight opening forty-five, right? And then then. Uh, honestly, a bit of a howler. Can we admit that it was a bit of a howler on the? Uh, <laughs> On, on the, the El Nasri goal, yeah, on the El Nasri goal. I mean, you know, I think that um, uh, he kind of redeemed himself later. I thought he had some really nice uh, stops, but ultimately, you gotta come and claim that goal, right? That is yeah. not that is that is not a goal that uh, that Ederson would have conceded. Let's say, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, f- fair enough. Um, and I think, but I think the goal is one thing, but then it's the sort of like how we were trying to judge England France on balance of play right. and who was the better side on the day. Right. I do think the way Morocco was able to control that match and this this is the way you you win tournaments you've got to ride your luck a bit. They got that goal yep. and the beauty of Morocco is they knew exactly what to do in that situation. Yeah. And I think they defended really well and the mistake that Santos made for Portugal is sadly I think bringing Ronaldo on because as soon as Ronaldo comes on the tactics become very clear chuck it into the box for Ronaldo yeah. to get on the end of it I think the yeah. one, probably the there was the Jao Felix um a shot on target maybe in like the 85th minute credit by Ronaldo that's great great, great layoff from Ronaldo we'll grant him that and then there was the uh Bernardo uh, the Bruno Fernandez through ball that uh, that uh, Ronaldo latched on one on one with the keeper I mean yeah you and gotta, you gotta ding him for that one a little bit uh, uh, possibly but I I just think Morocco understood here's what's going to come at us and yeah. we're just going to throw up a brick wall and they they did they played great defense great great uh goalkeeping and I yeah you mentioned like how Morocco yesterday they kind of come into the quarterfinals as the home team yeah and uh they had a huge amount of support tremendous support and I was going to meet you in Brooklyn coming down from Harlem and I was late because I couldn't resist just watching the broadcast as the Moroccan team parades around the field celebrating yeah. because it's like and we you see this in any world cup you know the the team that uh uh perpetrates the upset 
yeah. I guess we could say. Like, just to see a team in that situation beam with pride and joy, it was really great. And so all credit to Morocco. I'm very excited to see the first ever African nation yeah. progress to the semifinals in a World Cup. It's super cool. And I hope that I hope that Sace is healthy for the semis. We'll see. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had to... Obviously, get taken off the the pitch, but I think you know even even with Hakimi and Ziyech alone give you a kind of top level class yeah. that I think it means they can compete with 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 kind of anybody. I mean, you know, and their defense the defense has been so organized. I, I think that I, I actually think I got a little bit lucky um, near the end of this match because I think that Portugal probably should have equalized, yeah. and and if they equalize. Certainly, when it got down to ten men, then I think that you know, I don't know what would it get would it get down to ten men if they had equalized. It's hard to say, right? But like it's sort of um, the way that it worked out. It's it's I, I I don't know. Credit to Morocco. Ultimately, they didn't concede. It was you know I think you have to give them credit for their for their game plan. Ultimately, they've only conceded one goal in the World Cup, and it was on a it was an own, <laughs> an goal. own goal. Yeah, Incredible. so uh, yeah. let's give them all credit, and uh, I hope that Sace is able to play the semis. I think that. Um, I think with both these semifinal matches, which are, which take place on Tuesday and Wednesday, you uh, would expect Argentina and France to win, but we are kind of beyond the realm of expectation. Stop now. predicting. Yeah, stop, stop predicting. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So I think that um, I think I would have to give uh, both the two the you know the, the two squads that are playing in the yeah. semifinals that are their underdogs are a strong chance of actually advancing to the finals, and I think a Croatia Morocco final is not. Completely outside the realm of possibility. Yes. yes, yes, and I love that. I guess like I've come to love both the Croatian and Moroccan teams. This is like who is there anybody out there who filled out a bracket? And this is a NCAA college basketball tournament bracket busting yep. World Cup. Yep. And you know what? Those are the best NCAA tournaments for sure. So, like, who cares? Like, stop predicting what you think is going to happen. I think the broadcasters around the world would be foaming at the mouth for the Messi Messi versus Mbappe final. The sort of, like, old guard, new guard thing. And there'd be lots to write about there. Uh, But also maybe the the hipsters, the purists would say, you know what? Let's just do Croatia-Morocco. I mean, it's a World Cup final, right? It kind of doesn't matter. Who's it doesn't the matter. It's gonna be. It's gonna be great. Yeah. It's gonna be a great match, no matter yeah. what. The, and it's gonna be a great semis um, for. I think pre, be prepared. These semis are going to be great, but for totally different reasons. I get, I would expect yeah. that the quarters were the quarters were just wild, unpredictable for yeah. just like free flowing crazy chaos. Yeah, and the semis inherently will be a little tighter, more defensive. Because the stakes are just ratcheted yeah. up that much, just depends. Yeah. Really, it depends on really you know it, the, the 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 you know any team scores in those those two games. I think that's really gonna dictate everything. So really excited. It's it was fun to watch the match today. Uh, it was fun to be at the Black Horse, which is where you and I watched it in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know you know if anyone listening was able to go to a bar or a restaurant or with some friends and watch with lots of people. But I you know, this kind of the, outside of the the opening. U.S. match for the World Cup. It's the first time I've been in a gigantic, super crowded, super engaged, had to stand for three hours bar, yeah. and uh, I really enjoyed it. It was really fun. And, you know, it, it, there's something about the excitement of those matches. Like, you don't even feel your legs. Like, there's just yeah. no, you don't get you don't get tired. It's just it's just fun to be there watching these yeah. games. I could tell in the Black Horse the true England heads who, like, in the 85th minute were just, like, 
elbowing to get to the bar. They're like, I need a drink. Yeah. yeah. This is not about yeah. collegiality yeah. anymore. Yeah. I, I was surprised what a, a full-on English homer I was in the, in the second half of that match. I was we, really, we. really home for England. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, thanks everyone for listening. We'll be, we'll take a couple days off. Uh, you know, for any for the FPL heads out there, we're gonna get back. I suppose, Brendan, we really have no choice but to. Uh, I, I say no choice. I mean, we're looking forward to it. But it's. <laughs> I, I think I have turned off my fantasy brain for the last month yeah. or so. Uh, you know, because I don't think there's any reason to really think about uh, fantasy from really too deeply. Um, because uh, well, I mean, for one thing. Everyone has limited transfers going into the start of the next, uh, you know, in, in the start of the, the Boxing Day matches. And I want to see who's available, yes. right? Like, you know, why, why think about it two weeks ago <laughs> when we didn't know that Kevin DeBrenner was going to be back? Yeah. Now England is, is, is eliminated. That means that right now, Harry Kane, Bakker, you know, and Sakura, et cetera, have 16 days before the start. Do they need more than two and a half weeks off? I don't know. You know, it's sort of, they would in the summer because they would have played a whole season, but yes. where, where are they now? So I think it was- They're bas- They basically have played what they, probably the same number of minutes yeah. um, oh, as they would have playing Premier League and plus Champions League, I yeah. guess you, you yeah. could say. Yeah. You, you can build into the into that equation for the Premier League and club yeah. fantasy, yep. the stress of travel and the emotional yeah. um, um But it's a weird toll. thing. Yeah, I saw like Harry uh, Antonio scored a goal for West Ham today, I saw. You know, all these clubs are starting to play friendlies. I mean, and, the, the, yeah, the yeah. joke's on you if you were watching England-France and not West Ham today. Yeah, West Ham's friendly, exactly. Uh, but the championship was back today. They had a full slate of matches today, I saw. And uh, yeah. I believe there are Care About Cup matches coming up. If not, I care about it. Yeah, you care about it. And so I think those are coming up. If not this coming week, then early the next week. So mm-hmm. uh, the Premier League is going to be back before you know it. We are going to start for anybody. I don't know how many people listening to us have, are, are new listeners, but Brandon, we're going to start a second half league. Just so that everybody who has gotten into the World Cup, who's never been a World Cup fan, mm-hmm. wants to watch the Premier League, which is a spot I found myself in uh, in 2010. And I want to be able to give those people uh, a chance to, to join a, a fresh fantasy sure. league and not feel like they're coming in completely late. So, totally. Um, so that we'll, we'll start that, and that'll start on Boxing Day, which is December 26th. So keep your eyes out for that. But thanks, to everyone, for listening. We'll be back uh, after the semifinal match on Tuesday. Bye-bye. Bye. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.